Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. We're gonna have a great show. Dr. Dina Hardy is with us and we're gonna talk about processing procedures, uh, different types of things that you're gonna do when you're working your cattle. It's gonna be a great show, stay tuned. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and I'm here with Dr. Dina Hardy. And uh, Dr. Hardy is a veterinarian. She resides in West Texas. She is a technical services veterinarian for Merck Animal Health. She is an up and comer and somebody that has a wealth of information that, that I see on a day-to-day -day basis, helping us as veterinarians, uh, helping feedlots, helping ranches and producers uh, just, Thankful you're very busy, and we're glad to get some time from from out being in the field. Awesome! Thank, thanks for having me, Dr. Thompson. Excited to visit with you today and see see what we can explore about processing calves. Oh, it'll be great! It'll be great. So when we start talking about processing, the one thing we were talking about is I get there and, and someone walks in and goes, "Hey, I'm going to work come to the clinic," and they say, "Hey, I'm going to work cattle tomorrow. Um, what do I need to give them?" And now here we are, both caught flat-footed. Yep. haven't planned, haven't thought about the herd, and, and we're just going to fill a box and go do it. Yes, so often that seems to happen. And I don't know, my biggest takeaway with processing calves is, yes, it's an event that might only happen once or twice a year for a cow-calf producer or every day at the feed yard level. Um, but there really should be a little bit more strategy and planning that goes into that. Um, I, I spend a lot of time talking about our animal health products, whether it's a vaccine, antiparasiticide, antibiotic, et cetera. But really, animal health is just one small part of your whole herd health plan. Um, and, and that certainly is, is a veterinarian in practice. I really enjoy the opportunity to visit with clients and have that conversation about strategy and processing and, and what that might entail. Um, it, it shouldn't be a game time decision, right? right? We spend a lot of time and energy and money on it. So why not put that effort into it up front with, with a little bit more planning? So, well, And you hit some key points because it's not just planning of what product, it's planning of of how you're going to get them. And that's what this whole show is about, right? Is, is planning your procedures, planning your, your, your administration, planning your, you know, all these different things lead to a successful, uh, uh, healthy animal. Exactly. And, um, I always like to say doing the right thing might not always be the most convenient. Um, but certainly we should always try to do what's uh, right for the animal, not what's convenient for us. Right. And so um, when it comes to, to planning, I think we can start with just the timing and strategy. Um, certainly I like to see like a branding age calf, three to four months old um, to get a vaccine, but that shouldn't be the day that, oh, it's raining outside and I can't do X, Y, Z. Let's go vaccinate some calves um, or let's not pick the hottest day of the year. So we kind of have to be a little bit flexible. Um, and that the same goes if you're doing pre-weaning or weaning vaccines, right? Let's keep that in mind that there's a lot of things that go into making that vaccine successful and some environmental things we can control and, and some we can't. But I always like to give that animal the best chance. And, and so, again, making it convenient for you might not always be the answer. Right. And then the, the planning process, that herd health program with your veterinarian, uh, you know, we should just be picking up the box that we decided a month or two ago, not, exactly. not filling a box the day before and making those decisions. Right. I mean, 
always continually evaluate and reassess where we were previously. It's really easy to become complacent and do the same thing over and over. Um, but expand on and ask your veterinarian if, if there are other options you can consider or different technologies you might want to try. Um, certainly, um, the day before is often hard to make a change. So yeah. really building that relationship and um, exploring your different strategies uh, when it comes to processing day is very important. Well, you provide and learn so much CE, and, and I do too as a veterinarian. Exactly. We're constantly learning new techniques that, that we could we can relay to you in your programs, whether it's nematode resistance or whether it's vaccines or new different uh, pathogens that we can cover um, that working with that local veterinarian is key. Without a doubt. Great. Well, folks, uh, it's great to have Dina Hardy here on here, Dr. Dina Hardy, and we're going to talk more about processing, planning, and prevention. You're watching Doc Talk, and we're glad you joined us. Hey, folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Dina Hardy, and we are talking about processing procedures and, and things to that nature and, and planning. And now we're going to get into more product storage, product handling, product administration. Uh, and Dr. Hardy is a veterinarian, uh, West Texas area, and uh, a technical services veterinarian from Merck Animal Health. And it's very, she's very, very busy in her field work and, and working with feed yards and ranches and stockers and that. And to get her to sit still and here be on the show is just a treat. So thank you. Well, no, thanks for having me. Um, but yeah, just jumping right in. Um, I love to share with my clients about vaccine handling. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, energy and money talking about animal health products. But so often when I get shoot side, I'm appalled with some of our handling techniques. And it's things that I never even thought about until being on this side of the table. Yeah. Um, so certainly, um, I don't want to downplay the importance of proper vaccine uh, It's kind of what I'm more focused on today, but really all of your animal health products. Um, my, my favorites, uh, I show up to even some, some yards and, and often of the cow-calf operations or stock operations, and everybody has that retired refrigerator, right? The one that leaks <laughs> yeah. a little bit in the yeah, house, exactly. ends up becoming the vaccine fridge. And and by all means, um, if you're going to use that, great. But man, I order on Amazon these, I mean, they're like 50 bucks, um, little thermometers that I actually have an app on my phone that, that tells me the internal temperature of the refrigerator at the ranch. Um, so I encourage folks, if you've got that refrigerator and you know what I'm talking about, yep. to, to do something like that, just so we know we can keep those vaccines um, at the appropriate temperature. Yeah. And, you know, I even got so crazy about it. I would stop our route trucks that were driving around West Texas when I practiced down there to stop and see what the temperature sure. was while they're driving up and down the road. I know they thought I was crazy. I didn't have a siren to stop them, but I'd wave them down and, and yeah. just double check and see what was going on. Well, valid point, because we do have to think about the product handling from the point of pickup, whether that's your vet clinic or your rep there, um, to, to the farm. That's equally as important. Um, Definitely don't like to see UPS packages sitting out with the big temperature labels and exactly. we question how long um, that's been there. But um, I think vaccine handling is very important in terms of just temperature control. But the other part of it, um, and again, I can't take credit for this, but 
an adage that, that someone shared with me, and I like it a lot, is to treat your vaccine like you would your beer, <laughs> right? I don't leave the beer in the car when I run into the grocery store knowing it's going to get lukewarm before you get exactly, home, right? Exactly. Um, I usually only open one at a time, yep. right? Right. <laughs> I don't aggressively shake before opening. Um, so really keeping that in mind, it sounds pretty simple, but um, certainly a lot of things that I see folks doing and a lot of things unintentionally um, was actually helping ranch... Uh, a ranch this last fall at weaning and it was a little bit warm out admittedly i wish we probably weren't vaccinating that day but uh doing a great job of having a a syringe that they were trying to put back and forth in the cooler but they're actually laying it on a hot black tailgate and by the end of the day that that syringe was warm to the touch right oh boy. Um, so just thinking through some of those little things and really the details do matter when it comes to processing cattle. i love the analogy of treating it like your beer i hadn't thought about the only opening one at a time mm -hmm. and and uh you know keeping it out of the sunlight keeping it cool i don't know about you but i don't put my beer on the dashboard either no 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 that's for <laughs> sure so 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 and i think that what you're leading up to is there's a difference between vaccinating and immunizing without a doubt um, I, I often use that, that a lot. We can give a vaccine, but our goal really is to protect that animal from potential challenges in the future. And I, I'm going to argue with you, if you're giving a vaccine that hasn't been properly handled, we might have just given, a, given vaccines, but not actually immunized that animal. It's perfect. Great analogies, great information. Um, we're going to take a break and we come back more with Dr. Hardy after these messages. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Dina Hardy. Dr. Hardy is a veterinarian in West Texas and, and a wealth of information. Um, tremendous uh, opportunity for us as veterinarians as we learn things that Dr. Hardy brings to us in the field and also with her clients and, and different producers out there in West Texas and Eastern New Mexico and beyond. Um, but as we talk about uh, processing and we talk about the, you know, one of the first things I get asked is, you know, well, what needle should I use? No, great question. Um, I always say refer to your BQA guidelines. And yep. here's a shameless plug. All, all beef cattle producers should be BQA Absolutely. certified. A very easy process and um, provides a ton of information for you. But for me, um, I like to keep just a couple of needles around. It keeps it a little simpler. Certainly want to throw out there the same needle that you're using for an eight, nine weight steer is probably not the same one you want to pick up um, when you're processing a baby calf at branding, for example. Right. Um, so a lot of times I'm typically using a 16 or an 18 gauge needle. Um, when I'm giving sub-Q injections, I like a 5 8 inch needle or 3 quarter, uh, kind of personal preference there. And then obviously um, for the few products that uh, you need to give intramuscularly, you're going to want a longer needle, inch, inch and a half, depending on the product. Um, so that kind of brings up another point, though, is uh, many of our vaccines in particular will be labeled for sub-Q or intramuscular um, um, administration. And I always tell folks, if given the choice, pick that sub-Q vaccine. Right. I don't know about you, but I don't like getting intramuscular mm -hmm. shots. <laughs> no. So uh, the products are efficacious either way. So I do think that sub-Q vaccine, um, it's definitely the, the better choice. There. And if you look at some of the older BQA data, even in intramuscular vaccinations at branding will result in, in, in injection site lesions yes, in the muscle at slaughter. Yes. I mean, they never go away. 
And so, so yeah, so that's just less tissue, less edible tissue, waste of natural resources. Exactly. We're, we're in the beef business and certainly don't want to contaminate that product. Exactly. Yes, sir. So then once we pick the needle, obviously the one thing that I, it seems like I have to constantly, I have to remind myself, but change that needle, right? Oh, without a doubt. So um, I think recommendations are, are every 10 head. Realizing uh, we, we have a lot of syringes now, our automated syringes that are 25 dose. So if you're using a 2cc product, it would be about every 12 head. Um, obviously, if you bend that needle, if you get a burr on it, if you're like me, have, have a little bit clumsy, drop it in the ground, let's change that needle to prevent future, um, whether it's abscesses or contamination, we're allowing that vaccine to work properly. Yep. Um, and, you, and you made a good point. We want to keep a clean needle, right? Yes. So anytime you're going back into a, a bottle. So that's why I say when you're going to refill that syringe, put a clean needle on. Certainly don't want to contaminate our, our animal health product, whether it's a vaccine, um, an antibiotic, or whatever it may be with a dirty needle. So we got the right needle. We've got a clean needle. Now, where are we going to do the injection? Well, there's only one choice. That's right. <laughs> the injection site triangle. Um, so that triangle is going to be in front of the shoulder, um, below the nuchal ligament, and then above that vertebral column. So there really is a nice triangle anatomically that you can see, um, and that is the only place uh, to be giving an injection. Yep. And, you know, we get into some of the questions about, well, especially with some of the repro <laughs> products that we need to put it in the hindquarter versus the neck because it's closer to where, and that's just bunk. It, I am very passionate about that. Just because the ovaries are back there doesn't mean the lymph nodes can't carry it there. And there's absolutely <laughs> no reason to ever give an injection in the back end of an animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great point, a lot of fun. And uh, things that we know we should be doing that, that uh, just reiterate, um, but thanks for that information. I think that clarifies a lot. Um, and when we come back, we'll do a wrap up with Dr. Hardy. Uh, you're watching Doc Talk, and we're very glad you joined us. Hey, folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Dina Hardy, uh, talking about processing, talking about vaccination and immunizing specifically. And we, uh, Dr. Hardy is a veterinarian in West Texas. She's a tech service veterinarian for Merck Animal Health and has a platform to help a lot of us uh, from production and, and, and veterinary medicine. So very thankful for all that you're doing for us. No, thanks for having me again. You, you bet. So we've talked about planning the the procedures and, and the, the, the products. We've talked about uh, how we how we uh, handle the products, and then we talked about administration, and now we're done yeah, processing. Okay, so now what do we do? We just we don't just chuck it behind the syringe behind the seat and wait till next year. We we sure hope not. So uh, do think through um, where where you're going to store your whether it's a reusable syringe, um, also properly disposing those needles. You know, kind of with all of this, maybe a general theme is paying attention to the details and having a plan. Um, but I like to uh, use warm water, clean out um, all of all of my um, equipment, whether that's my uh, dewormer drench gun, um, all of it, uh, and then store it somewhere, let it dry, that's not dusty. 
right? I don't think it needs to be in the tack room collecting dust with right, everything right. else. Um, I, I really like to use either Ziploc bags or like a plastic tote and put my products in, in there so that next time I know I get them out, they've been dried and they're also dust particle free. Um, so some just little things like that to think through. And it also will help you when you go to plan for the next time and you're not scrounging around trying to find where you put XYZ yeah. piece of equipment um, or cleaning. Yep, I've actually seen you know that old vac or that old fridge that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Just unplug it and use it for the and that equipment. That was a storage store. Yeah, as a storage <laughs> spot for your for your Ziploc bags and things like that, and put a nice new fridge down there yeah. to make sure that you have your your vaccines and your dewormers and your your products implants all at a nice cool temperature. And you know that goes to say too, um, if if we're planning ahead before we get into our, our processing day, we can check all of those O rings, our our um, different springs, whatever it might be. Um, lubricate when, when we can uh, and change those out so that we have equipment that allows us to best give the vaccines and animal health products shoot side. Um, certainly there's nothing more frustrating than getting rolling and, and something breaking. So yep. um, certainly whether you're working with your local veterinarian, um, ask them, you know, hey, is there is there a newer model, piece of equipment, something that can help me? Because it, it does, it makes it a lot easier if you have equipment that's working well and it makes your job easier that yep. day. And when you're talking about implants and you're talking about drench guns and you're talking about syringes and and all these things there are some of these types of things that are available through your veterinarian your distributor or through the the company itself yes. of the products yes. that you're using because it's important to everybody along the chain that this is done correctly. correctly right and have the appropriate dosage um, so yes when in doubt um, ask uh, for a, a gun specific to maybe the product you're giving perfect so you know in the end this is we're, this is supposed to be a, a, a good a good welcoming experience for these animals, right? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I certainly want to make sure we do the right thing for the animal, but it should be a good experience for you, right? Yeah. We want this to be an easy process and for your family or your employees, whoever you recruit yep. that day, um, to come out and help. So um, keep that in mind. I do think um, it can be, with the proper planning and attention to detail, um, both the best thing for the animal and also a good experience all around. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on the show, yeah, taking you're time. you're very welcome. Uh, Dr. Dina Hardy, uh, West Texas veterinarian, tech services veterinarian for Merck Animal Health. Thanks for watching Doc Talk today. And remember, if you want to find us, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. Always work with your local veterinarian. And with Dr. Dina Hardy, I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and we'll see you down the road.